Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 195 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me across the table today is Corey Johnson. Hey, <laughs> Quick and short, uh, we are continuing Diversity Month, and today we are doing a Guatemalan film called La Llorona. Not to be confused with The Curse of La Llorona from America. Or any of the nine different <laughs> versions of La Llorona that exist. Yeah. It is really weird, though, because I feel like this one definitely gets overshadowed because of the American one. Because they both came out the same year, in, in 2019. Yeah. So, uh, But yeah, that one is Curse of La Llorona. That is somehow part of the Conjuring franchise. Yeah, we, somehow we we were talking about that uh, yeah. on the last episode. Well, yeah. after we got done with the last episode, was like, how do they <laughs> actually tie that? Like everything else makes kind of sense the way that, but they don't ever give you an. I know that they're like the priest in uh, um, Liar, the Curse of La Llorona is also in like an Annabelle movie. So it's like a real like, it's a very loose tie-in. You you can't connect a universe based on a background character. Yeah. That's not how that shit works. (laughs) It's not. So it's very loosely connected. But uh, I mean, I enjoy the the American one, but only because it's like a really, it's like a good jump scare movie. The plot's not great, but it's it's like, if you want to watch a jump scare movie, movie go watch that one this one on the other hand completely the opposite of that movie these movies could not so be to- slow yeah so mm. it's very slow uh but it, it does for and we'll get into it it pays off in some ways and then mm. it doesn't pay off in other ways i don't know i just don't think it paid off oh okay <laughs> I, there was a moment when i was like oh that's cool and then i had to look it up because i didn't know who the fuck was who and there's a there's a name thrown around in there that I thought was a name, but it's actually a language that the yeah. I'm, I'm like, who the fuck is Kachigal? Like, who is this person? But no, yeah. it's a. I looked it up. It's a native Mayan language. So I don't know. It's a very weird movie, but that's why we're here to talk about it because maybe we can make some sense of it and uh, you know go from there. Because like I liked it, but I don't know. I didn't really like it at the same time. Um, let's go to some horror news here. So if you are a fan of Terrifier, uh, rejoice because the first Terrifier is coming back to theaters this summer. Last year, we all know Damien Leone's Terrifier 2 hit uh, theaters and a most unexpected thing happened. The $250,000 film became a runaway hit generating $10 million at the box office, almost entirely via grassroots word of mouth campaign. Um, Dread and iconic events are joining forces to put the original Terrifier back into theaters, 700 of them to be exact this summer. So if you're a Terrifier fan, be on the lookout for that. Or if you're just ready to be traumatized on a whole new level... (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe I, that. That's one of those movies that like I'm I'm glad I watched it on streaming because I don't know if I could have gone into it with having no expectations because I had no idea what it was and see that on the big screen. That yeah. would that would it would have been like going into hereditary without knowing what the fuck it is stoned out of my mind being like, ooh, this sounds like a fun time. Yeah, the, I mean, I watched the trailer for Hereditary, but I was like, you know, I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like. And then, of course, you know, you walk in, you get traumatized, you come out. But yeah, this, I don't think this ever went, the first one ever went to theaters. I'm pretty sure it went straight to streaming. Uh, maybe it had like a run at like some festivals, I would assume. Probably. But I don't think it actually went theatrical because that, that's why Terrifier 2 going theatrical was such a big deal because we're like, whoa, indie movies going to the big screen. That's right. crazy. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll keep you guys updated on that because that's something I'm going to want to go see in theaters because I never got to see the first one uh but yes it's probably gonna trauma that movie's gonna just like bring up scar tissue and be like oh god i remember this <laughs> why so that'll be a lot of fun i'm assuming it'll probably be like i know my amc got a couple show times for terrifier 2 and then when it started going like g- like not global but like get, got much bigger they started adding more show time so uh hopefully it'll be at your local amc regal or whatever you have in your neighborhood uh more conjuring news if you can believe it I can. <laughs> I, I thought they were done with the last one, but apparently the next Conjuring movie now has an official title. Written by The Conjuring 2 and The Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It, screenwriter David Leslie Johnson McGoldrick, that is a very badass name, the film will presumably revolve around another spooky misadventure with Ed and Lorraine Warren, Patrick Wilson, and Vera Farmiga, uh, ideally. Uh, as of writing this, I'll, again, all this, all this comes from Fangoria. As of writing this, details in the plot remain under wraps, but as of today, we do know what the film will be called. Uh, the next chapter uh, will be called The Conjuring uh, Last Rites. And if they milk it after this one, we get to punch them because they use last in the title on this one. 
<laughs> yeah, we know how movies do that. Like uh, Friday the Thirteenth, the final Friday. Just kidding. We're gonna make a fifth one, and then uh, Jason goes to hell. Like the final Friday or final chapter. You're like Jesus Christ, guys. Because um, that's you know th- apparently the franchise has generated over two billion dollars for Warner Brothers, so I doubt this will be the last one. Yeah. Um, but um, with a movie like Last Rites, and Rites is R I T E S, not like Rites R I G H T S. So I don't know. I really thought they were going to be done with the third one because we're getting that Conjuring fucking show. So it's like, how much more Conjuring do we actually need? And zero percent. And it didn't just by and large the last conjuring do nowhere near the numbers that all of the other conjurings did. Yeah, I don't uh, you know what that's a good question. I know a lot of people went to see it, but I don't know if it like I don't think it did that well because I know most people weren't a fan of that one. Yeah. Conjuring the devil made me do it. Let's see. So it grossed do 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 worldwide gross of oh, 206 million. So never mind. Mm, fair. Okay. <laughs> never mind. Wow. It cost $40 million. Okay. But now how much did like the Conjuring 2 make? It had to have made, did the Conjuring 2, oh, 300, holy shit, 321 million. God damn. Yeah. So, so, my, so my point stands. Yeah. That's a hundred million do, less. Wow. And they probably spent more on that movie. So like in the ratio, it didn't do nearly as well. Yeah. Even the first Conjuring 320 million as well. Holy shit. Yeah. So there. <laughs> We'll see how this one does, but I mean, if you if you can see it like consistently sliding down, maybe we just stop making those movies. You do the fucking TV show or whatever, and then just end it. But you know, they're also gonna probably do other movies in the Conjuring universe as well. I'm sure they'll probably do another Annabelle at some point. Just pick something new, make up some new characters, and give me a new scary story. Yeah, like I, yeah, like yeah, sure. Annabelle's fucking creepy, but you know what I want to see? Not Annabelle. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I've seen enough for her. Um, three movies, and uh, was, was it, wasn't she involved in... Eh, she's here and there in the Conjuring universe. Yeah. Like, you just kind of see her, but... Yeah, so I mean, I don't know if you're a Conjuring fan. Good for you. I mean, I like the Conjuring. I just feel like we're kind of done. We sh- or yeah. we should be done with that little branch of the uh, universe. That's Un- just me. Unless they're trying to work Patrick Wilson and Via Farmiga so hard that they actually start <laughs> to look like the Warrens. <laughs> Because I mean, it won't take much more, many more movies. Let's let's face it; they've already done enough. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of divided on it. Well, I go see it probably, but I'm not going to be running to the theaters to see this. In super bizarro horror news, oh, um, the comedian Anthony Jesselnik, yes, was able to see a pre-screening of Bo is Not Afraid, and now wants Ari Aster to direct his next comedy special. What the fuck? <laughs> Okay. That's, that's news from our uh, horror pundit, Kyle. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one. It's it's mixed reviews, but I mean, that's the same thing happened when Hereditary, or um, Midsommar came out. Yeah, but it's also like a three-hour movie. That's true. That is a <laughs> long fucking movie. Every movie he makes just gets longer. The Hereditary was like barely two, or like two hours and six minutes, then... Well, the director's cut of Midsommar is like 250, so he just keeps making longer and longer movies. Like, cap it at three, dude. I can't sit in the theater much longer. Uh, <laughs> unless it's a recliner, then maybe. So next up, we've got Stranger Things creators are bringing something called The Burrows to Netflix. Jeffrey Adis and Will Matthews of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, oh, of, of the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance fame, excuse me, co- created the series with the duo set to serve as showrunners and executive producers. The eight-episode drama is set in a seemingly picturesque retirement community in the New Mexico desert where a group of unlikely heroes must band together to stop an otherworldly threat from stealing the one thing they don't have, time. <laughs> so vague i don't yeah. know so vague uh but you know we're getting more stranger things in like i don't know four or five years when <laughs> when's that happening 2026 I, d- I i don't even know kids are gonna point. be in fucking college at this point or, or in their 30s uh and it, this this reads that it is going to be instead of the walking dead this is just gonna be fear the walking dead oh this yeah is, exactly this is just stranger things 2.0 2.0 yeah so who knows i mean the duffer brothers they created something cool stranger things i think but i know they're done after five which is good because like, also didn't the dark crystal age of resistance on netflix get canceled i th- i thought it was just a mini series i thought it, was I thought just it like got a, canceled i mean it wouldn't surprise me it probably cost way too much money i mean yeah 
especially if they had Jim Henson's, you know, puppet guys doing all that stuff. Uh, the Dark Crystal, Age of... I didn't even watch that, to be honest. Neither I, did I. I totally I forgot did, about I it. I didn't watch the original. Oh, it's, so, it's fun. So I was never... Okay, I'm going to go with it did get canceled because it says... TV series 2019 to 2019. Usually if it's a mini series, it'll just say year. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so most of you, they're not done. For, I mean, it's got an 8.4 out of 10. But that's what yeah, Netflix but so is. Yeah, but so does fucking Firefly. And that only got 13 episodes before it got canned. Well, you know why though, right? Because no, why? The uh, So this is exactly why it got canceled. The network, whoever they were with aired the episodes out of order oh, and it yeah. made no fucking sense and no one liked it and they're like what? that's why they got their uh what is it serenity i think their yeah, little the movie the little one-off movie yeah i'm just like that sucks we'll never get more firefly but yeah that's what netflix is fucking famous for oh we're gonna do a season of this great show oh just kidding we're done like why even fucking start it to begin with or they're gonna build up a g- gigantic show like The Witcher and go. Oh, by the way, main character Henry Cavill. <laughs> he's, he's not the main character anymore. God damn it! Uh, yeah, I've heard. I've heard very. A lot of people are very upset over that. Uh, I mean, I guess I would be too. Who replaced him in that show? I don't even know. Oh, just some guy. Yeah, oh, that's like, fun. It, I I care so little. Like the second, <laughs> I didn't like the second season as much anyway. Oh okay. And then when they announced it, I was like, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm I'm beyond it. Uh, that's all I have for horror news. Do you, did you have anything besides your random piece of Anthony, no, not really. No, any Jesselnick news. Uh, what have you been watching recently? Not really anything. Nothing? I, no. What? Nothing interesting. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what have you been doing? I've been playing video games again. <laughs> oh, okay. What what game have you gotten sucked into now? Uh, yeah, just whatever's on my PS4 at the moment. Because <laughs> I have to wait till next fucking month. Why? For goddamn Hogwarts Legacy still. They pushed it back another month. For PS4. It's out on all the new gen systems. Oh. But PS4 and Xbox, whatever the PS4 generation is. 360? No. Xbox, Xbox One? one? Maybe. Sure. Maybe. That one. It got really um, confusing with Xbox after the One, because it was the One, then the One S, then the Xbox One X. I don't know. Yeah. So many fucking but versions. But yeah, it's uh, five, 5.5 that it comes out on PS4, so oh. I'm just waiting. Jeez. What is that? Another. Okay, it's next Friday. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah, but still, the the game has already been out for like three months. It has been all all the new hype for it on TikTok went away a few weeks ago. Yeah. I was I was enjoying it, and then it, all the content just went away. Well, let's see what I've been watching here. A bunch of uh, random shit. Did rewatch all the Evil Dead's in preparation. Oh, I gotta talk about Evil Dead. Oh my god. Uh, watched all the Evil Dead's in preparation for the new one. I did watch the Queen's Gambit, which I think I might have said already. I'm not sure. Did you see that one? Anya Taylor-Joy plays chess, Netflix original. No, had no desire to see it. It's very good. Very good. Uh, then I watched Wreck again, and then right after Wreck, I had to just watch Quarantine, because it's just what you do. Just got to watch them both back to back. And then I saw Evil Dead Rise, which for me, uh, I, I don't know how most people feel about this yet, because not a lot of people have seen it, but I loved it. I think it encompasses Evil Dead perfectly. Uh, they expand on the lore in the book. The score was great. The cinematography was great. The acting was great. Uh, they made those kids so goddamn lovable and fucking annoyed the shit out of me. Because I was like, I'm not going to care about these kids. And then they're just so fucking cute for like the first five minutes of the movie. And you're <laughs> like, you are making me attach to these kids. Uh, no one's safe in this movie. No one's safe. Uh, I loved it. Have you seen I have it? not seen it yet. Do you have any intent? I, I do. Okay. I do have intent. Because Evil Dead is one of those like almost bittersweet series for me. Cause like the first one is just such gold. Yeah. And then they kind of like number two, you either love it or you hate it. And then you've got army of darkness and you're like, mm. uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And then you have Ash versus the evil dead, the show, which right. is super meh. Okay. And then you, you have the super split camp of the Evil Dead remake. Yeah, it's very split. Which, it, it, has its, it has its moments for an Evil Dead remake. But it also takes itself a little too serious yeah. to be an Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think this one did better than... Because like Evil Dead 2013 was my favorite just because it was so different, so bloody and gory, and some of the things I'll never unsee... But the new one actually encompass like has some campy moments in it. 
where, okay, you, where, where you where you laugh and there's also even just some like comedy thrown in like so the kids will say like a funny thing or whatever and you're like that's fucking great so there's actually because there's like zero comedy in the, the 2013 one yeah it's, no it's, none it's very straightforward it's morose <laughs> yeah it's very dark so this one uh you know gives you a little bit of that camp gives you some jokes and something to lighten the mood a bit but then just comes right back and you know terrorizes you with all the fucking shit you see in that movie and in the end there's something that happens that you'll never see coming i'm obviously not going to say anything but that was crazy very well done good good three-act structure and it's also 96 minutes so it's yeah. like you're in and you're out um it does not overstay its welcome and the um high rise for a different setting was very interesting and very well done uh they could easily make more movies and i'm i think they set it up that way yeah. To do more. Because I know Lee Cronin wants to do more and he has all these ideas, which I was reading about the other day. And I'm like, I mean, I'm down for it, you know, as long as we don't just like beat it to death. Yeah. If you can do it and you have good ideas, I'm all for it. But the second you do, like you were just doing it for money, it's like, all right, what are we doing here? So yeah, go see Evil Dead Rise because holy shit, such a good time. Uh, I actually saw it twice in theaters. I saw it the day it came out on Thursday and then me and Spencer saw it two days later on Saturday. <laughs> That's how much I liked it because I was I liked it so much. I was like, I have to see this again in theaters to make sure I'm not just like blinded by being excited for Evil Dead. And I saw it again. I was like, no, nah, I feel exactly the same way. So That's dope. Yeah, it's just as good the second time. Um, then I rewatched Lake Placid. Which we need to redo at some point because we did that on like the first Creature Features yeah. episode way back when. I'm, I'm definitely down to do a Lake Placid. Okay, yeah. So that movie needs its own treatment. And then I watched a new one for this year called Kids vs. Aliens. It's the new one on Shudder. I thought it was going to be found footage style, but it's only it's only partially found footage. Like the kids have a camera that they're shooting stuff with. Uh, but it's pretty good. It's a little weird. Uh, there's a lot of unlikable characters. And there's this big, you know, giant fucking douchebag kid in this movie that's always annoying. But if you're looking for a quick movie 75 minutes and yeah, you know, with that, credits that, we're talking that, like an that, hour 10 that barely counts as a movie that's a yeah. tv special <laughs> that's what i'm saying so it's like if you want to have a good time uh and not not spend your whole night watching a movie check it out it's on shutter uh it's either a shutter exclusive or a shutter original um uh, that's all i've been watching um and I've oh, have you heard about this TV show? Actually, I want to ask you about this. It's called From. Have you heard about this? I feel like I have, but I I cannot for the life of me conjure up where I've where I recognize it. So I don't know if this will help at all. If the title card will help, but this is the title card. Yeah, no, I I am. I've probably seen it like scrolling through IMDb, okay. IMDb or IMDb. something. Yeah, one of my friends on Facebook was like, if you're a horror fan and you're not watching From, you're like, you know, you're you're missing out. I'm like, what is From? So it seems interesting. It's got 20 episodes, too, for the first season, which that's a lot. Um, let me see how long they are. Oh, oh they're hour-long episodes. Holy shit. Okay. So it is Unravel the Mystery of a City in the... Uh, in, sorry. Unravel the Mystery of a City in Middle USA that imprisons everyone who enters as the residents struggle to maintain a sense of normalcy and seek a way out. They must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest. Kind of sounds like a fucking Shyamalan, uh, the village almost. And a, li and a little <laughs> bit of biodome thrown in there. Uh, you know, I haven't seen biodome. <laughs> really? Is that the one with Polly Shore? It's one of the ones with Polly Shore. Yeah. Wait, one of the ones. Is there another biodome? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying Polly Shore has been in a lot of movies. Biodome, Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin. Oh yeah. Oh, you know what? I think I'm okay. I might have seen this, but it's a, it's been a long time since I saw this. I know the title card. Yeah, I've seen that shit. Okay, and it's like the whole premise of the fucking Simpsons movie too. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. So yeah, that seemed interesting. I'm gonna check it out probably tonight. Also, who the fuck has MGM Plus? What? What? That's what that show the show from the it said MGM Plus. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, MGM who the fuck has MGM Plus? It's on Prime. That doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, you can watch season one included with Prime. So okay, fine. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't, acceptable. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Oh, it looks like they're airing episodes. Oh, every Sunday. Okay, I didn't even know Prime was doing that. Okay. I am, however, going to start watching a remake reboot show because I've seen some clips of it and I'm like... What? The new uh, Bel Air. Oh. It's, it's the dramatic redoing of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, okay. It looks halfway decent. It does... Is, uh, uh, no. No. Oh. Has nothing to do with it. Okay. Nobody from the original show has anything to do with it. Oh. It's like, imagine if HBO did Fresh Prince. Okay. Like, so it's like a... they're, they're planting drugs on Will at school and yeah. all kinds of, like actual fights. They're swearing. Okay. 
Yeah, this uh, from Peacock original. Uh, yeah. Will Smith is producing it though. Interesting. Oh, he's producing it. Okay. Interesting, but it's, it, yeah, it's not about. Uh, it. But I've seen a few clips online. I'm like, you know what? I'll give this a try. <laughs> oh, there's see, there's two seasons already. Oh shit! Yeah, there's two seasons, and they're working on a third one. Yeah. Oh, and you can watch it on Peacock. All right, cool. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to some diversity facts here. Uh, The millennial and Gen Z generations are the most diverse in history and often seek out more diverse and inclusive workplaces. Millennials are generally considered to be those born between 1981 and 1996, a.k.a. yours truly and you as well. Uh, While Gen Z includes those born from 1997 onward. How to observe slash celebrate diversity month. Learn more about different cultures and lifestyles. It helps to learn about different cultures for you to understand them further. Most of the problems Problems in the world come from a lack of understanding and empathy uh, for different cultures. Interacting with those cultures or those living different lifestyles in yours can help eradicate those misunderstandings. Is there more to that? Oh, no, there's not. Okay. Uh, so le- I wanted to talk about, before we get into the IMDb summary real quick, I want to talk about La Llorona herself. Because there is like a very typical version that you will hear. But then there's also versions from like Mexico, Guatemala, Venezuela, and the U.S. So the kind of blanket... Uh, story for La Llorona. In a typical version of the legend, a beautiful woman named Maria marries a rich rancher or conquistador to whom she bears two children. One day, Maria sees her husband with another woman and in a fit of blind rage, she drowns their children in a river, which she immediately regrets. Unable to save them and consumed by guilt, she drowns herself as well, but is unable to enter the afterlife, forced to be in purgatory and roam this earth until she finds her children. Um, In another version of the story, her children are illegitimate and she drowns them so that their father cannot take them away to be raised by his new wife. Reoccurring themes and variations on the La Llorona myth include a white wet dress, nocturnal wailing, and an association with water, which you see all of that in this movie. So the Guatemalan lore, from what I have found... So according to the local legend, in Guatemala City lived a woman who had an affair with a lover. She became pregnant and gave birth to a child named Juan de la Cruz, who she drowned so her husband her husband would not know. The woman was condemned in the afterlife to search for her murdered son in every place where there's a pool of water. She does that by crying out for him, hence her moniker of the wailing woman, La Llorona. It is a popular, scary legend that in one iteration or another has been told to generations of children. The terrifying cry of, oh, my children, I mis hijos, is well known due to the story. Additionally, one peculiar decal, decal, detail is that when a person hears a cry from afar, that means the ghost is nearby. But if the cry is heard nearby, it means the ghost is afar. Someone unlucky enough to face the specter is won over to the afterlife, never to be seen again. Reading that after watching the movie yeah. makes it make a lot more sense now because I read it, you know, whenever I did this fucking sheet, you know, completely went out of my mind. But uh, yeah, because this one is a very, very slow burn. And it's um very it's borderline metaphorical. I mean, yeah, like it, <laughs> like it tiptoes real close into being like, all right, is this just an art house movie? Because there's uh, there's scenes with a certain woman who you're not sure if they're like dreams or visions or what they are, but it's revealed at the end what they actually are. And it kind of it's like, yeah, it is, it is very metaphorical in a sense, because yeah. one person's not even experiencing uh, or like remembering things. She's experiencing them from from another uh, viewpoint. So, yeah, this one, it's definitely interesting. I'm excited to hear your take on it and see what you had to say about it, whether you you liked it or not. I feel like this is definitely going to divide the entire month, though, because the last three episodes have all been like four and a half stars for me or higher. And I was like, there's no way we can keep this up. And I was like, I was hoping because it had a three, four, that it would be like another five star, but nay, it is not for me at least. I don't know about you. Okay. Not for you. So damn it. We were in such a good streak. (laughs) I was really hoping that every episode was going to be. You can't win them all. You can't. You can't. Uh, Now I will, I will say for, (laughs) for all of my gripes with this movie, I will say that it is a very well put together movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, when there is music, the music hits. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it's just like fucking dead. So I had to check my TV volume a few times because I was like, yeah, am I getting sound? Like what the fuck? No, (laughs) no, it's just just silence. It's very quiet. Um, all of the framing and lighting is really, really nice. Yeah. Like I could tell very much what they were trying to accomplish right. with the set pieces and with the lighting. So none of that was ever like left up to, Oh wow. That, nah. yeah. But when it came to literally 
everything else that like had to do with the actors. Yeah. What do you mean? Like not <laughs> that you, you didn't like their acting. I, so it's very hard. We've talked about this on our foreign movies before. It's very hard to tell when somebody of a language that I do not speak is not acting well. No, you're right. I mean, you're right. I, I felt all of these, it may not have been the acting. Maybe this is the way it was written. I felt these characters were so one-sided and rigid Hmm. That like, even in moments of frustration, certain characters that I felt should be acting a certain way, like one character was screaming and this character is just standing in the background, just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you should obviously also be partaking in at least a mild freak out. I think the, I think what's going on there is they put up such a wall because of main dude and and what he's done. So I feel like they, I feel like they've kind of shut off their emotions to that, that normally, al- that normally also might be the case as well. Yeah. But the problem is, is it doesn't, they don't give you any indication that that could be a thing. Like it's not even slightly implied Yeah. because otherwise the, the whole family would have just ousted this guy as soon. Cause if they, if they had really shut it off, they'd be like, all right, well this is bad for us yeah. too. So get the fuck out. Yeah, I th- I also think this might fall under something involving uh, a different culture and us hey, not, very, very much and us, so. and mean you know us just not understanding the intricacies of that culture. It's, it's very likely. I, I feel like it's like because it has a good rating, so obviously it was done with the knowledge of like like I said, you might just have to know more about yeah this stuff. So it's very interesting. <laughs> I've tried to figure it out the entire movie and I still don't really know exactly everything. Uh, but now that I know who everyone, cause I had to look up who everyone is cause I couldn't fucking understand who was who. And I, once I finally got everyone sorted, I was like, okay, now I'd have to rewatch this at some point Yeah, because I didn't know who, who this person was for like 90% of the movie. Um, so let's get into IMDb summary here. Have we seen this? No, we have not. This was our first viewing. Uh, this is one I randomly came across, and I was confused for the... I thought it was confusing for the American one, but no. From 2019, not released until August 6, 2020 in the U.S. Uh, this movie is unrated. Uh, it's got mild sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, mild profanity, moderate alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Coming in at a runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. Uh, even though it was slow... You know, I never really, I don't know. I didn't really ever felt like it dragged. See, and I felt like it very much dragged its feet. Even, oh, wow. Even in like the final, the final sequence, so to say, even that was like a slow sequence. I was like, yeah, you're, you're not giving me enough here. Like, yeah. especially with what the intensity of the reveal should have been. They vi- they just kind of like let what happened happen and then move the fuck on. And I was like, yeah, I felt no, the, I felt the same way. You're, you're going to give us this whole reveal of who La Llorona is. And it's supposed to be this big moment. And then they just Cas- fuck it yeah. and move it on. Casually move on. <laughs> it's, it's the most, it's the most bizarre pacing because it's very, yeah, like you said, it's very slow. And then, okay. May- I, maybe in like second to third act, it probably, that's probably where it dragged for me the most, but only because I was waiting. I'm like, dude, there's like 20 minutes left. Something has to happen. <laughs> what? <laughs> like something has to happen. What's going on? And it was funny because I paused it to get up and go use the bathroom. And I came back and there was like 37 minutes left. And I was like, Am I watching the right movie? I know I confirmed that I'm, but like, am I watching the right movie? <laughs> How much? Yeah, because like, you know, usually 97 minute movies, usually they just go by like that, but I don't know. Or it's, you get 22 minutes of setup and then the rest is just throw it down the hill and yeah. hope the kids don't die. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even get like a crazy opening sequence. Just, no. it's just. It's so weird. It's so hard to describe, but I'm glad we're talking about it because I need to, hopefully I understand it more through, through the conversation. Uh, this is where it becomes very convoluted as to the genre because it's listed as a crime drama, horror, thriller, war. That's a lot of genres to throw at me. And it really wasn't focused on, I'd say it was focused more on the crime and war than drama. Than- I, w- I would say it should be thriller, war, drama, 
horror crime. Yeah, horror is the is almost an afterthought yeah. in this movie. And I almost had to text you like, shit, this really isn't a horror movie because nothing really horrific has happened. Can we still do this? But I mean, it's listed horror, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, directed by Jairo Bustamante, who has only two directing credits. Uh, he also did a movie called Tremors, not the Tremors that we all know, another one from 2019, and something called Ixcanul. Uh, it's also written by Jairo, uh, who also wrote the other two movies he did as well. Um, oh, and it's also written by Lissandra Sanchez, who only has one credit for this movie. It was produced by two people, uh, the director, and I guess I deleted that part. I don't know why I did that. Composed by Pascual Reyes, who also composed Tremors and Ixcanul. Uh, cinematography by Nicholas Wong, who did not do Tremors or Ixcanul or anything I recognize. Um, edited by Jairo, so he... Wrote, directed, and helped edit, and then also edited by Gustavo Matthew, who only has a credit for this. So this is like all brand new people. <laughs> These people are very new to making movies, and that's impressive because like, even though we might not fully love this movie, the way it was done and how it was produced, production quality was Oh yeah, no. Great. And and that's, beautiful to look at. And that's why I kept saying, like, everything that went into putting this together was really well yeah, done. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up all the way. Um starring Maria Mercedes Colroy as Alma, who was also in Wakanda Forever as Namor's mother. Then we've got Sabrina De La Hoyes as Natalia, who was also in Tremors, um, which Hyro uh, directed as um, Pastora. We've got Margarita Kenefic, Kenefic as Carmen, who's only done one other thing that I didn't recognize. Then we've got Julio Diaz as Enrique. He was also, oh, he only has done a, one other thing. It's called Kaliwan as Mohammed. And then we've got Maria Tillion as Valeriana, which Valeriana, that is a fucking, I like that name. Yeah. I had never heard Valeriana until this movie, uh, but she was also in Tremors as Rosa. So uh, it looks like Jairo likes to work with the same people, and usually that gives you some pretty damn good results. Uh, estimated budget of NA, couldn't find anything, worldwide box office gross of $294. Uh, there was nothing for where it was filmed, but I, I know it's Guatemala. They mentioned Guatemala. Uh, it'd be weird to mention it and not shoot it there. So I'm, assu I'm assuming that's where it was shot. Um, you can watch this on Shudder as it is a Shudder original. Uh, movies that came out around the same time we have, because this was in 2020. Uh, I'm surprised there was this much shit that came out. We've got Unhinged, The Rental, Deep Blue Sea, Greenland, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, The Pale Door, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and Tenet and Z, which we did that one. Yeah. Z for, uh, God, that was that monster one, right? Yeah, the, <clears throat> like, parapsychic. Oh, yeah. Fucking monster. Like, the monster that only ex exists in the kid's head until uh, he makes it real. That's right. Yeah. I remember that one being weird. Um, specific horror moments. I mean, there's, like, not very many. Uh, for me, it was when Alma sticks her head over the bunk bed for no goddamn good reason. And I was like, what the, and her eyes were, like, kind of went gray. Yeah, that was freaky. Uh, but that's that's pretty much it. I don't. Did you even have one? No. <laughs> uh, favorite kill? I mean, there's not really anybody who dies. I think one person dies uh, on screen, and that's it. I don't have a favorite line. I don't have nope. a favorite character. I don't have. A, I mean, I guess my least favorite character would probably be fucking uh, Enrique. Yeah, Don Enrique. Kind of a kind of a dick. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, so IMDb summary, an aging paranoid war criminal protected by his faithful wife faces death while being haunted by the ghosts of his past. Let me get my notes. So I want to talk to you about the very opening of this movie because it, it, the movie never circled back around to this or ever brought this up yeah. ever again, because it immediately we get thrown into, um, actually let me break this down so everyone can fucking understand. So you have, uh, Don Enrique and Carmen, they uh, have a daughter named Natalie. Natalie has a daughter named Sarah. Her husband just upped and disappeared one day. Valeriana is the main servant. Alma comes in later. Kachchikel is an indigenous Mesoamerican language and I'm uh, a member of the Kishian Mamian branch of the Mayan languages family. It is spoken by the indigenous Kachchikel people in central Guatemala. So that's what that is. Yes. I kept seeing that on the screen. I'm like, this is the same thing for four different characters. What the fuck? So it is the language. They're, they're saying they're speaking this language, uh, which is, again, only by the indigenous people there. So I'm assuming that, uh, you know, Enrique and his wife, and all, they probably don't speak that language. No. I would assume. No, they don't. It's they just speak, by They that. speak modern Spanish. Yeah, and because uh, all the servants in their house, they are the ones that are speaking in this language. So now that I know that too, it's like, oh my God, I just have to rewatch this knowing all this stuff. So those are all the people in the movie. I didn't know. I thought Carmen was Natalia. 
the whole time until I re- <laughs> until I read up something that was like Enrique's wife Carmen. I'm like, she's Carmen because they don't even fucking say Natalia's name one time. I don't no, think not once. I don't know who the fuck that was. Very confused. Very confused. But yes, we start out with these uh, with I think it's um, isn't it Natalia that we that the camera starts out no, it's on Carmen. Oh, it's Carmen. Sorry. So and they're just chanting this thing. It's like take us, protect us, guide us, use us. Blah blah blah. We never see that again. No. Nope. What was that? Yeah. You don't have any idea. No clue. So it's like, I'm assuming it's a seance because you've got like a, a circle of women. They've got like their hands up towards each other and there's like candles and shit. So my, my only, my only guess is that it was some sort of reference to her life before the reveal at the end. Before. Okay. I guess. I'm just trying to figure out. Uh, yeah, I, no, it's a, I have no clue. I figured they would have circled back around or at least mentioned what it was. But again, maybe it's a cultural thing that I don't know because I, I don't and know. It could have also very well just been an opening prayer before they go to court. Oh, like yeah. that's my only other idea because yeah. all of those, all of those women were all of the uh, servants. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's what it was. That's then. that's my only thought of what it could be. <sighs> okay. Yeah. So like I said, and then we get the title card. So it's very quick. It's a very quick opening. But then it, I remember you were like, "I'm seven minutes in and confused," and so was I. I, I remember pausing it at seven minutes. And I'm like, "What's happening here?" Yeah. Because you have like you have a group of guys talking about if the general goes down, we're next in line. And then you cut to a mother and daughter, and the mother's asking uh, her her sorry, the daughter's asking her mother like, are they saying bad things about grandpa or grandma? And then you cut to two different girls who are praying. I'm like, what the fuck? It's yeah. showing you all these people, but not giving you who the fuck they are. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Yep. So I'm doing my best to keep up and take notes. But eventually, we settle on a guy who we eventually, you know, who we come to find out is. Don Enrique, or the general, um, he hears a noise in bed, gets out to investigate, grabs his gun. As he draws nearer to this noise, we can hear it's a crying woman. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, we're popping off already. Like, La Llorona's in the house. Shit's going down. Um, He grabs his gun, and he's, like, going closer and closer. And then it was a really cool moment where he was facing the camera, and the the person in like that white sheet just walks out into the middle of the kitchen, and I was like, yeah. "Bro, this shit's popping off!" And then he just immediately turns around and shoots. And then it's it, you come to find out that it was his wife that he shot at, and you've got Valeriana trying to get Latoni, who's their guard, to come over and take the gun away. Valeriana's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And he's like, "You heard that crying woman, right?" And no one heard it. And they even gather up all the people, all the servants, asking like, "Did you hear? Did you hear a lady?" And they're like, "No." Uh, but then one, one lady's like, uh, yeah, it was probably just a nightmare. And then one of the servants is like, nah, it's not a nightmare. It's, it's her. It's, you know, they don't, they don't say her. Do they actually ever say her name in this movie? They do not. But I also think that she is in the group of servants when that's happening. La Llorona? Yeah. Okay. I think she's the one girl at the very front where that has her head down and the girl behind her says it's her. She's coming. Oh, okay. I think I think they just leave her out like of the actual conversation. Interesting. I would okay. have to go back and rewatch though, but I think that's I think that's correct. Okay. Because that's why the uh that's why they end up seeing the one dude from the poster in the crowd. Yeah, that was a weird moment too. Well, it's that's her that's her son. Whose to, son? La Llorona's gro- as a grown-up spirit. That's why oh. he, that's why they see her because she's using her magic to fucking. It's all so subtle in this movie. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. There's a lot of, and I'm still not a hundred percent sold on if I think the ending is actually the ending or if it's supposed to be viewed from an alternate perspective. Okay. I, I think I have the answer to that. I'll tell you. So Yes. So he thinks he heard, you know, what we know is, or at least we assume, because I know the the lore is is the weeping woman, La Llorona. Um, and then they ask, like, did you hear it near or far? And they're like, uh, you know, I heard it close to my ear. It's like, okay, well, she's far away. I'm like, okay, great. And then we learn that Don has Alzheimer's. He's also Natalia's dad. We learn that very quickly in. Um, 
Valeriana tells Carmen at this point, I think it's the next day. She's like, hey, the servants are scared. They want to go home. Um, and then, you know, they're like, no, not with everything, not with everything that's going on. And you don't get the scope of what's going on until like a few moments later. But all the all the guards, all the servants are scared. So Valerie like is like, all right, so Natalia phones Latoni for them and they all leave except for um, Valeriana. She stays behind because she's like the like I said, she's like the main one. She's been there for like 27 years. We find out at one point. Yeah, she's been for, there for good reason. Yeah, she's been there for a hot minute. Um, and then this is where we cut to a courtroom scene where one of the indigenous people is um, she's like presenting her story about what happened to her. Yeah. And it sounds very familiar to some visions that we see later. So, so I don't know if those are connected. No, no, no. So but they seem very similar to what she's been saying. So here's the thing. Um, so Don Enrique is based off a real person who was the general and dictator of Guatemala that caused the Guatemalan genocide between 1982 and 1984. So like oh. she, the, the woman in the courtroom was recounting her story of it's the equivalency of the Nuremberg trials okay. where they brought the Jews that they took out of Auschwitz to testify against the German generals. Uh, so that's okay. basically what they're doing. They're trying to develop a case to send this war criminal away, which is, yeah, which is, we yeah. know is Don Enrique. I found it to be quite just like different from what I'm used to in horror movies, because this scene to me really just felt like they were trying to set the tone for what's happening in the world outside of this family. Yeah. Like, hey, shit is going down here. Um, people are being, you know, villages are being ransacked, burned. People are being raped. It's, it's like this whole fucking crazy shit that's going on. The thing that I hated most about this scene. What's that? Was, so it does the slow zoom out. Yeah. As, but here's the thing. What? Is every time the translator would start talking, the zoom would stop. And it would only start zooming out when the woman was talking. I did not notice. That. Oh, it drove me insane. I was watching like, all right, where is the Where is the, uh, the line? <laughs> no, I was like, where are the subtitles in relation to this mic stand? Oh, all right, yeah. where are they now? So I was making marks on oh my, my TV. I was like, this is obnoxious. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't notice that, but I did know I did like the slow zoom sometimes because it was so it's just a, such a very subtle way to just kind of bring you into the conversation. I didn't notice that on. I didn't notice it stopping. <laughs> that is kind of obnoxious. Uh, so she gives her testimony uh, about the whole thing. And then uh, we see Enrique who's on the stand now. His name is General Don Enrique Monteverdi. Uh, his counsel or whoever's with him tells the judge that he never signed, proposed, or ordered the Guatemalan army to attack a specific race, ethnic group, or religious group. But that's too bad because uh, he gets you know found guilty anyways. He literally goes on to say his intention was to create a national identity in the country. He pleads not guilty as he doesn't know what he's being accused of. Uh, the judge indicates that the attorney general provided a lot of evidence against him, which all the Mayan um, people were considered. Oh, sorry. All the evidence in which the Mayans were considered state enemies. 38% of all victims were under the age of 12. Uh, this is deeply damaged, not only the direct victims of the massacres, but also the whole social fabric of Guatemala. So like, it's a very, very heavy plot point in this movie. It's like, damn, this is this is some crazy shit going on. And he's ultimately found guilty of genocide. And the fucking crowd goes absolutely wild. And I had a, I had a comment to myself. I'm like, how do you come back from that? You don't. You There's don't. no coming back from that. Sorry, you're committed. Or you're, you are convicted of see, genocide, brother. And <laughs> I, I, like, I honestly feel like that entire scene should have been the final sequence. Mm. Like they, they should have tortured this family in this house and then drop you are convicted of genocide and then fucking kill him like yeah, that would have that might have been a it, I mean, it, it would have jumped the movie two points for me two points yeah oh wow okay so it's obviously the lowest fuck. <laughs> <laughs> if you could go up to that's a minimum of three stars that you gave it uh okay so he's escorted out and then i love how we cut directly after him being let out in a wheelchair cut to him drinking and smoking yeah. in the hotel room. The nurse brings him over like a little fucking, I thought he faked a heart attack is what he did. I thought that's what he did too. Okay. Cause I, you know, he was just like, he's acting like he's coughing and choking. I'm like, he's either faking it or he's going to die. 
Spoiler alert, he doesn't die, so I assumed he was faking it, but he's drinking and smoking in the hospital. Fucking hilarious. Then the next day, Nat Natalia and Carmen discuss whether they believe he did this. One's like, you know, these people are lying. This is all false. And the other one's like, you know, I don't think people would just make shit up like that. That's a pretty heavy thing to make up. Um, which, yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he probably did this. <laughs> I was like, if you're going to have that many people uh, come at you with all that information, I don't think everyone's going to be making, and especially the attorney general. It's like, that would have to be some very high level of uh, government conspiracy. So... Later on, when they're transporting transporting the general to his house, they strap a bulletproof vest on him for safety. And as they pull up, you can just hear all the... I thought they were throwing shit at the van, but they're just, sma yeah, just, yeah, smacking, just it. Yeah. smacking the ever-loving fuck out of it. And uh, they eventually pull up to the house, and uh, they open the door, and there's all these fucking armed guards. We're talking like riot gear, just like making a way for the general... So it's funny how he gets like, you know, essentially like indicted for genocide, I guess, if that right. Indicted by the P. Yeah. Yeah. On genocide. But they still let him go home. It's <laughs> how does that work? Shouldn't well, he be in jail? Like what's well, going he on? Is the dictator. OK, so <laughs> okay. I he still has control of some of like the police force and whatnot. Wow. So okay. to be actually able to like put him away you would have to stage like a full-on governmental coup oh my god okay well then that's how he doesn't have to go to jail or whatever i wasn't sure how that worked because i'm sitting there thinking all right he's just you know they they more or less just take executive power away from him okay wow um so yeah they get inside everything is all is well for now you know but then you know the general wakes up later after taking a nap he asks the guard hey did you hear someone crying he says no they don't ever go into that shit again. Also, why I was wondering why is the is why is the spirit only seemingly after him? No one else yeah. hears this. I like I don't know anything past the lore of like how it works, but I mean, can can she only go for one person at a time? I, well, the the ending sequence tells you exactly why. I guess, yeah. It's just I, would, I was just wondering why it was only him that was maybe to make him go crazy. Well, also most most apparition incidents affect one person exclusively until the apparition wants to be known by it to everybody else. Yeah, I guess that's true. A la uh, fucking Toby from Paranormal Activity. Yeah, okay. Like, it, it was only with the one girl until Toby was ready to reveal himself. So okay. it's similar nature, I would assume. No, yeah, you, you make a lot of sense there. Uh, this is why I need you. <laughs> you help me make sense of all this shit. And this is when I thought we were going to get like a plot device of going into La Llorona because like he looks out the window at the mob and he sees this girl just like making eye contact with him. But it's just a fucking new maid. It's Alma. She's coming in to help because all the servants are gone besides Valeriana. So and I'll she's from Valeriana's village. Yes. And uh, and apparently no one knew knows who Alma is from that village. Yeah. So I thought we were going to get some, like something going in the way. Cause I was like, Ooh, this is creepy. Why is she the only person staring at him? But no. So she show a uh, Valeriana showing Alma around. She's like, I came here 27 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. Here's all this shit. Here's the fridge. Um, and then the next day when the whole family's looking out the window at the protesters, I didn't understand what this was. Uh, uh, does La Llorona summon, like, does she summon frogs? I don't get this. Because Alma's like, I've got a frog. And Sarah's like, that, bye mom. So that, <laughs> like, I what? <clears throat> So that I think is probably going to be like a deep in the culture yeah. thing that we're just not going to understand. All right. Yeah. I even tried looking up explanations for this one and I found like a wiki about it, but I haven't found any like reviews. So I need to get at that fountain flicks guy and be like, Hey, <laughs> Hey, do this. Help me understand. Uh, so yeah, she, Alma gets Sarah's interest with this fucking frog and then they, she leaves the room and then the house gets bombarded with, uh, rocks, shoes. I don't know the, all this shit. And, uh, Natalie's trying to find Sarah, but cannot backyard is littered in what appears to be missing persons reports. And she does notice the frog jumping into little pond out back goes inside. She can hear a very creepy voice counting up from like 13, 14, 15, 16, Walks in on Alma, seemingly drowning Sarah, but she's not because uh, Natalia intervenes and Sarah's like, what the fuck? I was trying to get to 21, mom. What are you doing? So she's like, okay, go get cleaned up. And then uh, Valeriana comes down and is like, hey, Alma, you got to pay attention because like shit is going down upstairs. We need to go clean this shit up. And then that night we learn that Sarah really likes Alma. We learn that Alma has two kids, a boy and a girl. And then Natalia's like, oh, where do those kids stay when she's at work? And they're like, oh, they're dead. 
just like, yeah. oh, okay. So I'm like, okay, here we go. All right, all right, we got it. Like Alma's La Llorona. She's got two kids that died. I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. And then they just fucking, that's it. They don't keep going with that plot point. Yeah, they... Every plot point that go, that has some inkling of interest, they just drop it in front of you and then forget that yeah. they ever said it in front of you. Yes, that's what I'm. It's it's the weirdest shit because it literally just pulls focus to the general waking up at night and he's like he sees Alma uh, coming out of the pool fully dressed and then she walks inside past him and he follows her into the servant quarters, which is like fucking six feet of, or not six feet sorry six inches of water on the floor. And almost butt ass naked, washing her gown down, and he's just staring there, looking at her. I'm like, "Is this a dream?" Like, what? So I did some digging just now. Sorry to oh, cut just you off. Now. Oh, the no, uh, the I found out what the frogs mean. Oh yeah. So Guatemala is a predominantly Catholic religion demographic. Okay. The frogs are a representation of the plague of frogs. <sighs> on the pharaoh to indict the pharaoh to indict the general's guilt as the pharaoh oh. doing anti-biblical things see that makes that helps me make more sense of it okay because i was there's i was like there has to be something there's no they're not just using frogs for no fucking reason no there's no it's, way it was a metaphor to say hey this guy's actually guilty he did oh, this oh my god okay. which which now okay, okay. looking back at who one character actually is. It makes a whole lot of sense yeah. because this character is saying, Hey, this guy's guilty. He did it. Okay. Okay. See, see, and this is exactly what I wanted. Okay. Cause I haven't rated it yet. I'm, I'm like, I'm I, very, see, un- see, and I, mm, if I have, <laughs> if I have to keep digging for shit, my rating may go down. Oh no. I don't want homework yeah but you have to understand if it's, if it's a different culture it's like we can't always be expected to get everything so it's like we might have to because we're just not aware of what's going on you know? yeah but like all right i think that we'll we'll use satan slaves in, as an okay. example that is a much different culture than say people in guatemala to me yeah and everything in satan slaves made pretty damn fucking good sense yeah they laid it out in front of you and said hey here's what this means there you go that's over there now hey here's this thing all right that's what that means didn't we have this similar problem with tigers are not afraid remember it's very possible that's what i, I think we had a very similar situation with that movie because it has great ratings it's like a three five and i was like it was okay maybe there's just i don't know there's something different about just like hispanic horror in general yeah. it is just it's like so metaphorical it's like i can't i don't know i just i have a yeah hard, i'm looking for like a quick answer and they're like nah we're gonna we're gonna vaguely give you, you an answer you gotta walk around the house I don't know, to see this one but like it makes me want to like see search out more of this i don't know it's it's fucking weird um so that did help me at least ex- like understand the frogs which is good uh so going back to weirdo looking at alma um, reality kicks in when Carmen comes in and to the servant quarters and Alma is asking, she's Valer- Valeriana for help. It's like Enrique is harassing her. And then Latonia eventually comes in and gets Enrique. Um, and this is where we're going to get to a moment. Where we're going to stop it here in just a second. Cause this is it's kind of a weird point and I really didn't know where to stop it. So I'm just going to stop it after this. Cause I and, was like, and basically almost every speaking line delivered after this is, in some way, shape, or form related to the end of the movie. Correct, yeah. So Natalia and Carmen are sitting outside. Her mom's like, don't you find it odd that your dad just showed up with Valeriana one day? Like, just like that. She goes on to say that Natalia was little, but Valeriana was also a child, barely older than Sarah is now, which was probably about like eight or nine, I'd say Sarah is. Natalia's like, what are you trying to tell me? And Carmen's like, I'm pretty sure Valeriana is your half-sister. Boom. I'm going to end it there because that's the most exciting moment in the yeah. movie that I could end it at. So that's the information you have there. I don't want to go into the ending because honestly, well, it's, you know, it's not over 10 years old and I don't even fully understand the ending and yeah. I, I can't even comment on exactly what went down because I need to do more research. But that is La Llorona from 2019, not to be confused with the curse of La Llorona from the same year. So make sure you know which one you're looking at. Um, trivia. Oh, sorry. Taglines. The past will haunt you. That was it. I was like, good. I don't need any more. Trivia, official submission of Guatemala for the Best International Feature Film category of the 93rd Academy Awards in 2021. 
This is the first Guatemalan film to ever be nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Foreign Language Film, which is pretty interesting. For people unfamiliar with the myth of La Llorona, it is a common... Ooh, Amerindian? Amerindian. Amerindian myth in Latin America that the weeping woman or the wailer cries for her dead children near water. Typically, it's associated with colonial... Excuse me. Typically, it's associated with colonialism uh, that La Llorona was a native woman who bore a Spanish conquistador's children and drowned them when uh, when he abandoned them. Goofs uh, couldn't find anything that was worthwhile. Rated 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd, has a 90% or 96% on the tomato meter, and a 61 audience score. Similar movies, according to Letterboxd, Under the Shadow, The Haunting of Hill House, Hereditary, which just seems to always be a recommendation for every movie yeah. that we do, An American Haunting in His House. Similar movies, according to IMDb, Everything Else, oh, sorry, Everything Else, A Second Chance, Sanctorum. Mujeres Assassinas and the Precocious and Brief Life of Sabina Rivas. It's a very long name. Yeah, that sounds like a fucking follow boy song. Very long name. Um, what did you give this movie? I gave it a 2-5. Ooh, rough. I don't, and I didn't even look up reviews on it because I was like, this, yeah, no. No, I didn't either. Um, I, I'm still kind of unsure on how I want to, to rate this because... So, like, it's fucking hard when, like, I'm not really into the story, but I am at the same time. Because, like, I was very into the whole war thing and, like, him getting accused. I'm like, this is crazy shit. I've never seen something like this. But then, on the other hand, like, I was kind of expecting, like, hooky spookiness to happen. Some sort of, I don't know, you know, I guess I was just so, not blown away, but I guess I was, you know, like, the other one, The Curse of La Llorona is so in your face, so loud, so jump scary. And I, I wasn't expecting that, but I figured... There was one jump scare, and it was when the first thing came through the window, yeah. and it was like a loud glass, you know, shattering. That, and then when she ducks her head over the fucking bunk bed, those were really the only two moments I was like, ooh, that was pretty fucking, like, horror moments. So, I don't know what to do with this movie. I enjoyed it. When I watched it again, I, I almost want to, just to see if I understand it more, but... I'm at like a 3-5 right now, just because of the respect I have for the lore that was put into it, and how it was done, because it looks fantastic. Yeah, it it really did. And, you know, like I said, it, everything about it coming together was great. It's just once it got together, nobody knew where the fucking pieces fit. Okay. Do you have any do you have anything that you they you would like them to do better? <laughs> I know that's kind of a broad question, but what what So, I feel like if I answer this, it will give some spoilers, so I will answer that for you off okay. the mic. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what could have made this better. I just feel like I, I really wish they would have chased more of the little because like I, I kept getting excited and then let down and then yeah. excited. I was like, why can't we just chase that little like that thrill up the hill or whatever? But like they never did. And then they kind of just like the ending. I was like, oh, shit, that's crazy. But then it just kind of went right back down. Yeah. I and guess, then it ended. And I, I, I guess like, what the fuck? I guess I could say that like they gave way too much time and attention to the wrong storyline. What do you mean? Like, well, oh, are you talking about you? Yeah. Cause it didn't really even seem like it was that much about La Llorona. No, as it, it was Enrique. Uh, yeah. About his war crimes. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like front load us with 15 minutes of horrible fucking war crimes and then get to the fucking movie. Like yeah. don't give me 49 minutes of buildup. Yeah. To a five minute, kind of handout here you go yeah because it answered one of my questions but then it also kind of i was like but wait i have more questions and then it just ends and you're like motherfucker (laughs) i have so many questions that i need answers to so yeah i think this is going to be one that's going to kind of divide audiences i i was just attracted to that three four i was like ooh three four you know like but this is the time where that letter by my letterbox uh thing has failed me yeah, it happens. But like you said, you can't always have winners. I mean, we started off strong. We've done three this month, like I said, and one was four and a half, the other was four and a half, and then Satan Slaves was five. So I was like, we're doing good. It all had to come to a fucking yeah. screeching halt. <laughs> Damn it. Ugh. I really wanted to like this one. I, I, I found myself trying to like get into it, but then I just kept getting I, I even watched it and then took a nap. And then, like, woke up to think about it, and I was like, yeah, no. I slept on it, and I was like, nah. You slept on it? You're like, no, not for me. 
Oh, goodness. All right. Well, you can check this out on Shudder if you have that or if you have Prime with Shudder, whatever you feel like doing. Um, catch us on Facebook at Frightmares and Instagram and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. No more Twitter for me. I'm done. I'm also, oh, StaySpookyAtLook.com is our email. I'm also on TikTok at Silver.Shamrock. Um, if you want to check us out on Letterboxd, I'm Dr. Proctor. You are? Frightmares, Corey. Boom. Uh, we're going to be doing a bonus episode. Me and Mikey, we're going to be doing a horror movie from the Netherlands. My home, co- well, uh, it's my home country by association. My mom was born in Holland. So I'm excited about that because uh, I've never, I don't think I've actually ever seen a horror movie that was from the Netherlands. So that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, Troll Hunter. Wasn't that Swedish? That was Norway. Might Norway. Okay, yeah. So that's that's the, probably the closest I've got to the <laughs> Netherlands. Uh, but that'll be your bonus episode for this month. Um, so until next, actually until next episode, which will be in like four days. Stay tuned and stay spooky, motherfucker. <laughs>